five, four, three, two, one, zero. Welcome, everybody, to the latest episode of Culture Clash here on the Fandom Podcast Network. A big thank you to all you listeners out there joining us for our special Culture Clash Pop Culture Holiday Ketchup. Kevin and I, you know, we get busy with the holidays, with other shows. Every once in a while, we need to do a little bit of catch-up on what's going out there. Um, Also, too, if I sound a little funny, I am fighting a head cold from hell. But I'm being a trooper because I love our listeners. It's just that the inside of my nose could be used as um, special effects for Ghostbusters. And if a face buster pops out of my sinuses during the sinus cavity during the show, it's going to make for a spectacular thing. But I do have somebody on the standby to help me out and make sure I survive this experience. He is my brother from another mother. Um, he is the top elf in Santa's workshop. He is Mr. Kevin Reitzel. So what you're saying is you will produ- produce possibly your own Slimer. Oh, I, 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 there's slime time going on. I'm just telling you right now. <laughs> What's up, man? I hope you feel better. If you drop yeah, out. Yeah, I just went on a little vacation, went up to the mountains, came down, a little head cold from temperature <laughs> change and altitude and all that. So, yeah, it's it's always fun. But Shout out to Chris good. already in the room. What's up, buddy? Ghostbusters What's Quick up? Response Unit. Little Ghostbusters Quick Response Unit. You can give me a proton pack to help me out there. Yeah, um, I don't know if you want to cover me for this this particular ectoplasmic. Don't adventure. worry, Kyle. I got you covered for ectoplasmic misadventures. Well said, Chris. If you can find a ghost in my like freeze everything, that might help because at least then it's not flowing. But you know, before before I gross everybody out, let's get on with the episode because we got a lot to talk about, Kevin. Of course, this is we do these have to do these every once in a while because we get tied up with the shows and everything going on. We, but it's time for a little pop culture catch up here on the culture class. Oh, yeah, that I got some stuff, Kyle. I want to talk about it. Kevin has physical media, which means it's time for physical media with Kevin, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to have a more in-depth discussion about this later, but I know that two big things came out on physical media today that our friends in Australia will never, ever see. Yeah, I know, right? (laughs) Yeah, so this week, uh, The Mandalorian Season 1 and Season 2 dropped at your uh, local physical media stores, if you can find them. I saw them at uh, Best Buy, and I didn't see them at my Target because my Target sucks, but these are Steelbook 4K editions here. There's also regular Blu-ray because I almost bought those by mistake, but I wanted the 4K ones there. And uh, I actually popped in uh, and watched the first episode of season one of The Mandalorian, and it's really cool because you, of course, you got this little slip cover here that goes over here, but uh, look at that nice Steelbook there. And there is two discs on the inside. If you look closely, you see a little silhouette of the Mandalorian and a little silhouette of Baby Yoda, aka the child, aka Grogu. And then you get these cool little uh, like art postcards here. I just want to share these real quick. You got these three here. Oh, look how cute! Yep. And then, in real quick, in season two, you also get. I love this cover too. Look at that. That's pretty cool. Right there. In season two, you also get these three art cards. Um, of course, you get the back of Mr. Boba Fett himself, Mando, and <laughs> Grogu uh, getting eaten or eating. <laughs> so there you go. Uh, the uh, quality on this is amazing. You get a couple little special feature uh uh, additions on the second disc interviews, I guess like that. Um, I didn't look at the special features on the second one yet. Cause I literally just got these, but I did it on the first one. Uh, they talk about the empire and where it's at and then conceptual and stuff like that. So just really nice to officially have these on, um, a physical media, even though I already have them in other forms of physical media. It's if you catch. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, Kevin, is it safe to assume those will be in your doomsday bunker? Yes, they will. <laughs> we'll explain later, ladies and gentlemen. But before we go any farther, we must talk about 
things that are on, coming up on the Fandom Podcast Network. Mr. Reisel, would you, would you would you care to preview or tell people what's out there and what's coming? Yeah, so we love celebrating anniversaries of our favorite films here. And in Catch Potato Theater, we love to do that. And this is the 30th anniversary of Demolition Man. Uh, it is out right now on the Fandom Podcast Network YouTube channel, also on fpnet.podbean.com for the audio uh, version of this. But make sure you check out the video on this channel now because there's a lot of really cool slides and two things that we had fun covering in this uh, with you, Kyle, and also our good friend, Mr. Lethal Mullet himself, Adam O'Brien, was uh, we talked about the three seashells and the uh, the whole history of that. Uh, how it came about and we answered some questions some questions were left up in the air but we also talked about like the predictions that uh, uh, this movie made back in 1983 that came true the things that it started before you know other stuff and so we had a lot of fun talking about that well there's rumors that the lethal mullet is on the injured reserve list because he tried the physical instructions for the three she cells and it went wrong yeah, yeah, you, you got to really, really be careful on uh, what directions you follow online. <laughs> yeah, without a doubt. <laughs> but we've got some other stuff coming up too, Mr. Wright, or that's out too, including wrapping up the year of 1983 for Time Warp, Kevin. Yeah, this was a big year for movies for 83, and uh, we covered the movies of December, uh, and there's some good movies that came out, but we also covered the awards for. Uh, the Academy Awards that were honoring the movies from 83 and also the Razzies. And that was a fun discussion. So make sure you check that out. That is out right now. And don't worry, this podcast only won about three Razzies for that year. So we're still in good shape. Yes. <laughs> and of course, Kevin, something I brought to hair metal. I'm proud. Yes. Um, this was Kyle's idea. A little um, F U C K came to hair metal, Kevin. For unlawful carnal knowledge was 91's van halen album and this is a favorite of yours you brought it to my attention and new member to the fandom podcast network and officially my co-host mike simmer who's also a, a music teacher very well knowledge in the history of hair metal i'm glad to have him on the fandom podcast network the three of us discussed the impact that this this album had uh sammy hagar's biggest album i believe with uh van halen and also we talked about the upcoming tour that sammy hagar is doing to tribute a tribute tour for eddie van halen uh with his little super group that he has there a little bit of chicken foot uh and some hopefully some special guests for that tour coming out next year and don't forget, we did follow the law. We did have a David Lee Roth, Sammy Hagar discussion on that. We podcast. did. That was a really good discussion. Yes. Lisa Mullet, however, is just dropped his review of the new Apple Plus film that has hit theaters as well. The new Ridley Scott film, Napoleon. He's got some interesting takes on that. You definitely need to check that out. Not on Apple TV Plus yet, still in the theaters. Kevin, I'm just curious. Have you you have any interest in this? Or are you going to wait? Yes, I do. I do have interest, but I'm not seeing it in the theater. I know it's like over three hours or whatever yeah. it is. Three and a half hours. Uh, this is a, I'm going to probably watch half of it one night and half of it the other night. Kind of like I did with the uh, the Irishman when that hit Netflix. Remember that? Yeah. Uh, but I do really, really want to see this. Uh, I'm curious of uh, Ridley Scott's take on Napoleon and uh, I'm looking forward to it. So, but I'm, that's why I'm waiting to listen to this review of Adams until I see the film. Yeah, absolutely. Kevin, Bloody Kings. Highlander's back on the Fandom Podcast Network. Uh, my co-host Lee and I are we're taking a little sabbatical. Uh, Lee's been real busy, basically, and we we did get a um, uh, Bloody Kings in right before the end of the year, and uh, we have plans for another one in January. Really excited about this. One of the best things and most iconic things about Highlander from the original movie and movies and the TV series is flashbacks when we see our heroes and villains go back in time and do battle and have a yeah, impact on things that you know we know about as history so make sure you check it out because we did uh our favorite highlander movie and tv series flashbacks it was a great discussion and we had some help from the fans include some of their picks lots of bad wigs in some of those flashbacks this is true <laughs> <laughs> and of course coming up every year we do a little christmas time special with couch potato theater and this year is an all-time classic kevin same time, excuse me, same bat time, same bat channel. No, as no, 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 same what? elf time, same elf channel. 
<laughs> yes, yes, exactly. That's my point. Uh, yes, uh, this time next week, guys, we are going live with Couch Potato Theater Elf. It is celebrating its 20th anniversary, and we're going to have uh, some friends of ours drop in and drop out and just kind of we're going to run it kind of loosey-goosey and have fun. So uh, make sure that you uh, check us out. And if you're just watching, make sure you comment. Uh, give us uh, some of your thoughts on Elf. It has become a holiday classic quickly, and it's become a fan favorite. It's one of my favorite Christmas movies that I always make time for, and uh, we'll go into those reasons why. I, I always thought Buddy was a little weird when I was living in Alaska, and he was my neighbor. It was a little yeah. strange. Yeah, was he an awkward neighbor? Yeah, that's good. Yeah, yeah. Just, just a little bit, but, you know. <laughs> Also coming up, uh, we're recording this on Sunday night, one of the all-time greatest Westerns, especially of modern Westerns, Kevin. Yes, uh, also celebrating its 30th anniversary because it came out in December of 1993. So we are celebrating 30th anniversary of Tombstone, my favorite Western of all time. In, you know, And I have a few on the short list there that, that accompany it. Love this movie. Saw it when it first came out. I've seen it many, many times. And uh, oh yeah, definitely best okay corral movie ever, uh, Chris. You're absolutely right on that. And we're going to be doing a, a podcast. Of course, it'll be out on video within what next week? You think, Kyle? Yeah, before the year's out, we'll have it out. Yeah, yeah. So look forward to that. Uh, and my co-host Lee of Blood of Kings Highlander podcast, he's going to be with us on this because he is an actor, stuntman as well, and uh, he knows Western Armory very well. So we're going to discuss that uh, briefly. There's only one important question, Kevin. Mm. Are you going to be my Huckleberry? I'm always your Huckleberry, man. Come on. I guess I'm creepy. <laughs> uh, okay. We're, we're going to move was, along now. That was creepy. Um, that was creepy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Hair metal. And, not only did we have Van Halen out now, but you got something planned for the first of the year with hair metal, Kevin. Yeah. My co-host, uh, Mike, he came up with a great idea and I uh, took the ball and ran with it. Literally. He suggested that uh, this podcast is going to be coming out in January uh, next month. Um, Kyle, can you put up the, the yep. picture real quick. Uh, what we're going to be doing is, is we're going to be having a, uh, we're going to be picking, we're going to pretend it's the year 1989 and we're going to be picking our super group hair metal band. Um, so we're living in 1989 and we're pulling all these rock stars from other bands. They're going to put a super group together. We're going to have like a, a, a make believe. We're going to tell, tell people what our make believe like tour or event is that we're going to be hosting it. Cause it's going to be a short lived thing. And so, but we're going to be doing in fantasy football draft style. If you're not a sports ball person, basically there's going to be four of us picking each person at a time. Once someone is picked, they cannot be picked in another team. Kyle here is going to be our commissioner, making sure that the draft order goes well and making sure that no one is pulling any shenanigans. And uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. We got four of us participating. We're going to pick five members and then we're going to have a wild card. It's going to be a lot of fun. What we're going to do is we're going to pick a 1989 celebrity that was popular at that time to be part of our entourage. That is a, that is not a musician. So that is going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, but I get all the supermodels and video vixens. So sorry. Now, hey, 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 hey. We're doing the picking, buddy. <laughs> yeah, but I'm the commissioner. <laughs> this is true. You do have power. <laughs> and finally, of course, we're starting a new year, which means it's time to roll over for Time Warp for the new year of 1984, Kevin. Yeah, dude. Um, for you guys that are watching or listening to this, 1984 is an iconic year for movies, even better than 83. So many good movies come out. Ghostbusters, anyone? Yeah. Uh, it is going to be really fun. And we've also made a decision too. We're going to be actually doing this monthly now, and we're going to be covering each month uh, in each of the years. So we're going to, in January, we're going to be covering what was happening in January of 1984 and so on. We're going to be covering other pop culture as well. Of course, uh, a lot of music, a lot of stuff that's happening in the news, trends, sports, stuff like that, in addition to the film. So make sure you have, uh, make sure you check us out for that. But yeah, now, 84 Kevin, I'm looking at the art and I'm just noticing something. <laughs> Isn't that the last time your Raiders have had Super Bowl glory? Yes, and I will discuss that in that podcast. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Sorry, I saw it there. I, I, I couldn't let it slide. I'm sorry. No, don't let it slide. It's going to be a topic. We're talking about it. So, yeah, it's uh, it's a, a iconic moment of fandom in my life. So I'm going to bring that up. Well, there is all kinds of great things out here on the Fan Podcast Network, but we got all kinds of great things to talk about here on Culture Clash. 
which means we've got to talk about some news and some other things. So, ladies and gentlemen, let's news. You know, Kyle, we might we might have to do a special uh, like anniversary edition of Ghostbusters. And uh, I know someone that might be interested, possibly could be on that. Just saying. Yeah, I know a couple of people who could be very interested in that. <laughs> um, before we get into the trailers that we I put in the notes, Kevin, there was one more trailer that dropped yesterday that I want to talk about because it's very pertinent to us. Um, Netflix dropped the trailer for Eddie Murphy's new Beverly Hills Cop film, Axel F, the fourth yes. in the series. I'm not sure about it. As far as when I heard that they were doing it, because I remember Beverly Hills Cop 3, which was not good. Let's nope, be honest. It was not good. Yep. But I watched this trailer and I'm at least intrigued because we see the return of some familiar faces in Axel F. Yeah, I am intrigued. I'm going to watch it. I'm curious because it brings back brings back the band, so to speak, I guess. Yeah. So I'm curious to see uh, how it goes. And it's uh what i what i did like about it is it looks like it's really action packed because if you remember the first one was great but it wasn't quite action packed you know yeah. it had its moments uh the second one was really action packed it's like full on tony scott and i'm just going to say this now i actually prefer two over one just saying both but i love them both so i'm kind of curious how this one's going to sit because yeah i i re- i watched a little bit of 3 because it was streaming on something and i'm like ugh God, this is bad. <laughs> it does well, have a George I mean, George Lucas cameo, though. Yeah, that's true. Um, as long as you remember to check that you don't have any bananas in your tailpipe. It's true. <laughs> yes. But let's talk about some trailers that do have everybody talking, Kevin. And first and foremost, the one that I I didn't think we were going to see this this soon. So I'm a little, I I was a little surprised, but I'm pleasantly surprised. Furiosa's first trailer dropped, Kevin, and it's got people talking. I'll say that. Um, yes yes um what are you saying what are people saying kyle what are people saying i well i saw this i'm excited for a return to the visiting of this character but i have to say i understand it's early but there's a lot of cg here kevin yeah yeah i mean that's pretty much the way most of these movies are going but i'm very curious about it i'm uh chris hemsworth (laughs) god well really chris hemsworth and i'm a big anna taylor joy fan i loved her new mutants i've loved her and a lot of stuff she's done just to clarify too it's anya i have been i have i have been mispronouncing her name for quite a while it's anya Uh, yeah dude i'm i'm kind of a little crushing on her to be honest with you i i I like her in almost everything i've seen she's just good Yeah, And, you know, yes, there's a lot of CG in the trailer. There was some CG in Fury Road as well. Just putting that out there. Uh, But uh, as long as it has good characters and uh, good moments and it's not too much of CG fast and it's just like, you know, blue screen this and blue screen that, we'll see. But I I have some issues with CG coming up in some trailers. So (laughs) I'm sure you do, because um, the next thing we've got is very CG heavy. That's something I'm still very excited for, Godzilla Kong. Uh, real quick, character. before you go, I just want to mention Chris says he says he still needs to see Fury Road. I'm a bad nerd. <laughs> uh, yeah, make make time to see it, Chris, because I think you'll be impressed with it. It's a good movie, and it's also really good in 3D. Um, could this be where you might be having some CGI issues, Kevin? Yes, God, dude, I am not feeling this trailer. I'm sorry. Especially after seeing something else that we're about to talk about. I, I just I felt like it was a, a huge step down. Uh, I, I doubt I'm going to see this film, to be honest with you. I will see this film in the theater because it's the kind of movie you need to see it in the theater. But yeah, I think they might be pushing the envelope on these legendary Godzilla Kong movies with this trailer. There's a scene where Godzilla and Kong are running together step by step like they're Apollo and Rocky Creed and Rocky Three, And I'm just like... Except for yeah, the mini short shorts. A bit too far. <laughs> but it, it's 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 big monsters on the big screen. You got to see it. I'm I'm going to definitely check it out. But I'm curious to see what you're going to do with this. Um, we obviously was pushed back because of the strike. But very much looking <laughs> oh, forward. Hold on. I like this. Chris is like, good to see Clyde getting a job again. Do you get that reference? Yeah, right turn. <laughs> <laughs> Any, 
Any which way but loose. Yeah. <laughs> that was funny. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Up next, we have the third trailer drop for Dune 2. And Kevin, I gotta admit, I was impressed with this trailer. I'm I am looking more and more forward to this film. Me too. I like the first film. It was good in 3D as well. I'll probably be doing a rewatch of that before I see this. So uh yeah, I, it's got my interest. Uh it's uh I'm glad that Dune remakes and redos are getting better than that original uh Dune film from back in the day. Because I was not a fan. I of will it. say this. I really like the music in this trailer. Yes, I would agree with you there. Definitely good. So that that is coming March one. Excited for that. Kevin the Boys season three or season four, actually coming off of, from what everything I've read, this will start just a few weeks or even days, possibly after the events of the Gen V series question. When is this releasing? I couldn't get a date on this. It's later this year. I don't have an exact date. I think it's like April perhaps. Okay. Okay. But I'm excited. Uh, things are coming to a head in the universe of the boys, and it's going to be very entertaining. I am going to finish uh gen v and then go right into this because i started the gen v and i didn't finish it um let me check chris says yeah i'm on the fence with the original uh dune film yeah i don't blame you um but boys yeah the trailer looks good i i've been i've been a boys fan since day one so yeah it, it pushes the envelope and i hope it does it again and we're gonna talk about gen v in a little bit too so this movie the trailer dropped I really hadn't heard a lot about, but I watched the trailer, Kevin, and especially after a movie we're going to talk about and buy it, stream it, or and see it. I am very intrigued by this film. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting because it feels almost like a horror film. You know, what if the U.S. were to go through a civil war in current day times? I uh, I also got a purge feel when I was yeah. watching it too. And uh, what was funny is when I was watching the trailer, and I have to bring this up. Uh, I was listening to, or I was reading the um, comments <laughs> and apparently there's an uprising of California and Texas that get together to, uh, you know, kind of revolt against the current leadership. And the first comment was, I'm going to see this film because I'm curious to find out how Texas and Cali ended up on the same side. <laughs> yeah, exactly. In fact, the <laughs> website for the ringer has a whole article about why that is. And there's another comment saying, if this is a war movie that feels like a horror movie, then it might actually have some value. And it does kind of feel uh, warlike. And Jesse Plemons is in it along with his wife, Kirsten Dunst. Uh, interesting. I I'm, I'm sold. And I, I love this picture right here. If this picture has said a thousand words that there is a sniper's den at the top of the, uh, torch of the, uh, lady Liberty that says a lot. Yeah. I'm very intrigued by this Alex Garland, who's director who, um, has done a, some very interesting films. If you look at his filmography on IMDb, including annihilation and a couple other films. So yeah, I'm very intrigued by this as well. And unfortunately, Kevin, we have some sad news too. Now, um, Andre Bauer, who is one of my favorite, was one of my favorite actors. I first saw him in Glory. Obviously, Homicide, Life on the Streets, Brooklyn Nine Nine. Uh, so many great and just a phenomenal actor passed away at the age of sixty-one this week. Yeah, Andre Bauer. So I just finished up my re. Well, actually, not a rewatch because I didn't finish it originally. But I got the entire series on Blu-ray, and I actually started watching it when I was in Australia uh, with my wife. The entire series of Brooklyn Nine-Nine, because it was on Netflix in Australia, but it wasn't here, so I ended up getting the Blu-ray. Andre Brower, he is such a phenomenal actor, and who knew how funny he was? Uh, and he is hilarious as the captain of Brooklyn Nine-Nine, of course, but his extensive resume is wonderful, and gone too soon if you ask me this this is a, a sad loss age 61 died of lung cancer yeah. so yeah it's a sad loss he was a phenomenal actor he always had that presence on screen that was just amazing he will be missed heaven one other piece of news that we have and i'm going to let you kind of take this because my voice is starting to crack a little bit but we got an update on the orville and i'm not sure it's a good one yeah, so I happen to be listening to um, the Inside of Me podcast with Michael Rosenbaum, of course, uh, Lex Luthor from uh, Smallville, and he has a very successful podcast, and he gets some great guests. And uh, he had Adrian Padalecki, uh, of course, who is in, um, you know, plays the second in command 
in Orville. And of course, we know her, of course, from her earlier work in um, Friday Night Lights. And she was also in one of the G.I. Joe films. Very talented actress. And Orville is one of my favorite shows, new shows. And um, she was interviewed about her her work on this. And she and basically he asked her, so what's up with the Orville? She's like, I think it's done. I'm kind of I'm paraphrasing here. I'll, I'll go ahead. I hope you guys this. The Orville is done is what this article says. It looks like the ship has been decommissioned. Actress Adrian Padalecki, who plays Commander Kelly Grayson on the series, recently appeared on Michael's Inside the You podcast when he mentioned uh, that she's currently on a role in the Orville, to which she responded, quote, ah, no longer doing that. And ask if the show is actually canceled. She says, I don't know truly to the answer to that. I think there's the talk that it could possibly something with certain people. Um, and uh, she, she also explained that the Orville shot a total of just 33 episodes over six years, which worked out to five and a half episodes per year. COVID was a huge reason to that. And the show is also very ex extensive. She talked about how it was kind of tough to work on the show as well at times, just because of the, the budget for the on sets behind the scenes stuff wasn't there, but the budget for the sets itself was there. Um, you know, like catering wasn't what people were used to, but uh, nothing's confirmed because now it is in Disney's hands. Cause now Disney owns, uh, you know, Fox studios and all that kind of stuff. So my personal feeling thinks that yes, the show's probably canceled, but I wouldn't be surprised if maybe somehow it came back in a, you know, a movie or something like that, Kyle. Uh, but at least we got three seasons with at least 10 episodes a piece. Um, and the way that they ended the third season is a good send off. There was no cliffhanger. And I think that was done on purpose because I know the show is very expensive to uh, produce, uh, but I am going to miss it. I thought one of the interesting things she talked about was how a lot of the stars were suffering financially because they were on these on hold deals. So they yeah. couldn't go work other jobs while they were still part of the Orville. She talked about Jay Lee living off of ramen noodles for a while because he couldn't work other jobs. So yeah, it gives you a little bit of background to into the inner workings of Hollywood at the time. Yeah, yeah. Scott Grimes though uh, did jump onto the TED show, the prequel show, uh, based on uh, Seth MacFarlane's work. So he's at least got some work there. Uh, if you watch that, I have not seen that, or I think it's coming out in January, if I remember. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, this is sad news. Um, hopefully it will uh, be given some uh, life again, a la um, Firefly. At least it got more episodes than Firefly, so we'll see. Uh, and yeah, Chris, you're right. The strike didn't help either. Uh, so, you know, it hasn't been officially canceled, but mm, I think it is. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I tend to agree with you, but that's going to wrap up our news portion. But you know what? We're here to do a little bit of pop culture catch up which means it's time to talk because we've seen a few things. So ladies and gentlemen, buy it, buy it, buy it, stream it, stream it, stream it or unsee it. it. And Kevin, we have seen a few things and yes, yeah, is always hope. So fingers crossed. I really do think we will see the Orville back in some kind of movie format on Hulu or some kind of Disney property. Eventually. I think it's got too much of a following. <laughs> Good point. Seth McFarlane has come back before. Yes, he has. <laughs> he's got a, he's got a lot of power too. So, yeah. Now, the first thing we're going to talk about, Kevin, is it is Christmas time. We need to talk a little bit of Christmassy things. Yes. And I, I have an important question for you, sir. Yes. You celebrate Life Day. Of course, I do. Yeah, November seventeenth every year, man. Yeah. So, Kevin celebrates Life Day. It is by a streamer and see it. Kevin, you want to hit the button? <laughs> hit the button. Uh, oh, yeah. Hold on. That's right. We are going to be talking deep dive into several things here in this edition of by a streamer and see it. But Kevin, you found a documentary that you have been recommending to us. I did check it out and it is time appropriate because it is dealing with the wonderfulness that is the Star Wars holiday special. The Star Wars Holiday Special. I have a Blu-ray copy of it here in my hand. You can also buy it digitally on iTunes. It was ten bucks. Um, I've been listening to Rebel Force Radio for years, and they had the directors and the producers on this uh, podcast on their podcast recently. And the uh, Blu-ray is officially on sale. It's also a top seller right now. Apparently, the numbers for this Blu-ray sale, at least on Amazon and other firms, has been has been just blowing up. It is a huge hit. 
Uh, as we all know, this is based on the infamous and famous uh, holiday special that never got an official release, but it did unofficially in bootlegs. And this is a really wonderful uh, documentary I recommend that you see because uh, they get some really great um, uh, interviews here. And the producers of this are Kyle Newman, who directed Fanboys, uh, great homage to uh, Star Wars there, as well as a few other films. And also um, Adam F. Goldberg, the creator of the Goldbergs, uh, produced this. And there's some wonderful interviews in here, uh, including Kevin Smith, Gilbert Gottfried before he passed away. Um, Weird Al Yankovic, uh, Donnie Osmond, Seth Green. Uh, and what's really important about this film, Kyle, is that it really goes back into taking you back in time of what was popular in pop culture, especially on television during the 70s. And that was variety shows. And when they were trying to basically keep the interest of Star Wars alive and to help to sell upcoming toys that were coming out. They decided to put some holiday special together and they did a really good job with these interviews, placing the timeline, showing the cultural impact of Star Wars at the time and showing all great clips of these variety shows that had some Star Wars skits in them, including the infamous and famous Donnie and Marie one. Also, Bob Hope. Uh, excellently done, especially when they start putting all the pieces together of when this was going to be put together and then the people that were involved slowly started to fall away from it. And it, the creatives behind it uh, weren't the original creatives. And it just got interesting. And then they talk about the myth of it, of it being disappearing for a while. And then slowly showing up on questionable shelves in conventions in the bootleg format. And several different versions of it, too. Uh, it, you know, Depending on where it was taped and how it was uh, originally put out there. Kyle. You got this digitally, correct? And how did, yeah. what did you think of it? I, I really enjoyed it. It was a great blast of the past of that time era of television and how crazy ass it was. I, however, am highly disappointed with one thing in this, Kevin. What's that? They did not mention the greatest variety show appearance of Star Wars that was ever done when they were on The Muppet Show. <laughs> I I felt like there was a there was a picture or a video where uh they did show that. I do remember that. Uh of course, but that was after uh right before around Empire Strikes Back time. That was not um before like Star Wars time. So we had to wait because remember Luke Skywalker was in his Empire Strikes Back outfit. So it took a little while for him to get to the Muppets. Still very this is very interesting. I will say it's a must-watch for any Star Wars fan. Definitely. Um, it's, a, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of how Wild West it really was for marketing. Yeah, the history of Star Wars is in this movie. It really is. They set it up for this. And if you're a Star Wars fan, you really need to know why this movie came out and you know why it didn't work. But can you imagine if it did work, Kyle, if it was done properly? Oh, yeah, exactly. It would be a huge hit. Even now, we'd probably have more of them. but. Wait, wait. It's not my sinuses, but I sense a disturbance in the force. <laughs> I feel like a million pieces of plastic have been sacrificed recently. Um, Kevin, do you, you, you have something you need to tell me about? Oh, yeah. we're going there. Okay, I thought you were sticking with this. <laughs> well, no, I mean, it, it feels, does feel timely because, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, I'm just going to tell you right now, Kevin Reitzel knows all, including what is truly the hottest toy for your kids for Christmas this year. Yes, there there's a toy that you do need to get. Um, you know, we pride ourselves in our time warps and stuff like that, talking about all the popular toys from the 80s or the years that we're talking about. And uh, there's only one toy that you guys need to get this year. And you need to get this guy right here, Mr. Velkin Tazeri. Right here, check this out. Look at that. Oh, yes. Belkin Tazeri. Guys, so a little quick backstory on this. I used to work for Decipher. Uh, they made the Star Wars, Star Trek, and Lord of the Rings card game. And uh, I used to be a play tester for Decipher before I got hired in 1999. And uh, yes, you're right, Chris. This is a segue alert. <laughs> so one of the things about being a play tester back in the day was that um, there was the Jabba's Palace playset that I was playtesting for Decipher back in the uh, mid to late 90s. 
And a lot of the aliens, you may not know this, current Star Wars fans, but a lot of the aliens didn't have names back in that time. There were some of the more famous ones that did, of course. So Decipher, who had the license for uh, the card game, was given um, permission to come up with names. They just had to be approved by Lucasfilm, and they were submitted and then approved. Well, a lot of the names were uh, people that worked for Decipher and play testers like myself were turned into anagrams. You take the name, you switch it around, and then thus names are made up. And I have a picture of the actual card. And if you look at that and the picture up there, Velkin Tazeri is actually my name. Kevin Reitzel, just minus one eye. Uh, and there you go. That is, in, and that was made canon prior to uh, Disney buying the Star Wars license. And then even after they provided it, if you open up this wonderful little book here called Star Wars, Absolutely Everything You Need to Know, there is a mention of haha, the top five Sarlacc dinners <laughs> right there. And that is one of them is Velkin Tazeri. If you don't remember Velkin Tazeri, he was one of the skiff guards. And uh, he also lost his uh, blaster to Luke Skywalker when he used the force to grab Velkin's uh, blaster to try to shoot Jabba before uh, uh, Luke got down into the uh, Rancor pit. But um, apparently there was a poll for uh, these action figures. The um, I guess it's the vintage version ac action figures. They were trying to get all of the denizen guards made into action figures. And there's a few that didn't. And this is actually part of a three or four pack that came out by Hasbro Pulse this last summer. It was uh, at Comic-Con announced. So if you want to recreate the famous uh, Sarlacc pit scene, because they do have the skiff guards or the skiffs themselves and also the uh, Jabba's Palace um, sail barge. He is one of them, Velkin Zeri. My namesake is now an action your toy kyle how cool is that and yeah i'm amazed you have not changed all of your social media handles <laughs> my next thing that i have to do kyle is now i need to do a costume of this guy how cool would that be yeah there you go there you go <laughs> he's an action figure officially ladies and gentlemen i'll never live this down being a star wars fan it's just one of those things that um, it's a little, you know, he's just a stupid like guard, but the fact that there's a name with my name out there officially canon in Star Wars means the world to me, and I'm really excited about that. Yes, you should be. But you be proud of me, off. Kyle. Come on, come on. Hey, this is I, cool. <laughs> I am trying to be as proud as I can at this moment in time with my head full of ectoplasm. <laughs> but I'm ready to move on to something that I have been very anxious to talk about with you, Mr. Wright. So something I have been very excited for for a very long time. A movie experience like none other, Godzilla Minus One. I have been, Kevin can attest, I have been excited for this movie for months. I am first the first Toho movie since 2016, Amazing Shin Godzilla. And not only did it live up to the hype, it surpassed the hype in every way. It was the number one movie in America the weekend it came out. I saw this on IMAX. It's phenomenal. Kevin, you went to see this, and I think this movie well surpassed your expectations and genuinely surprised you. Yeah, I actually saw it with a double feature with um, Silent Night, uh, which I saw first, and then I uh, went to see uh, Godzilla Minus One, and I was kind of curious about it. I wasn't excited about it. Uh, the trailers were, were okay, and I walked away from this movie um, really impressed. It exceeded my expectations. And I even um, got my wife to see it. She went and saw it and she liked it too, uh, which that tells you a lot right there. I was really surprised with this. I love the effects. I love the, the time that took place in just post-World War II. There's a little bit of time jump, but it takes place mostly in that era. And the fact that Godzilla is not a cute, cuddly, I'm going to help humans monster scare the crap out of you. But the biggest thing that really got me, Kyle, that sold it was the music. Yep. Pulling the original score and putting it in this film was a touch of genius. And also just this movie made you care about the human characters, which is something you can't yep. say about a Godzilla normally. This, yeah. This movie really gave genuinely made you care about the human characters and the story that was being told. And Godzilla just being this force of destructive nature was absolutely phenomenal. And best use of his atomic breath ever. Um, Japanese made, Japanese produced and directed, Japanese language. Uh, it, it felt like a genuine 
Godzilla film. And by the way, I'm looking up on uh, IMDb to see what they have for uh, how much money this movie's made. It was supposed to just be like for a week, right, Kyle? Then yeah. the popularity of this movie, they decided to put it in wide release. It's still out there. Uh, the budget was about $15 million, and now it's almost $60 million uh, worldwide. It's made almost $30 million in the States right now. Yeah, it has had its run extended greatly by theaters. So yes, yeah, yeah, I'm not going to go see this film. This is just one of the best films of the year. Period. Yeah, yeah, it is. I, I, I definitely, I really, really enjoyed this. Well done. Yeah, and continuing our catch up, Doctor Who is back, but it is the 60th anniversary of Doctor Who, and of course, if you listen to our Type 40 podcast, Dan Hadley and his TARDIS crew have done a phenomenal above human job of covering everything type 40. But I want to talk about the three specials that came out on Disney plus that introduced the 14th doctor who looks oddly like the 10th doctor who was played by the same actor, David Tennant. And it also brought back our character favorite, Donna Noble played by the lovely Kathleen, Kathleen Tate, Catherine Tate. There were three specials. Um, there was um, the star beast, wild blue yonder and the giggle. Starbly was a lot of fun and brought back a lot of that initial David Tennant Doctor Who energy and fun to it. Wild Blue Yonder was probably my least favorite, but I I can see why people would have liked it. And in the third one, The Giggle, which also stars as Neil Patrick Harris as the villain in this called The Toymaker. Um, it, it was very good. But the bigger thing to come out of that third special, and excuse me because I am starting to lose my voice a little bit, spoiler alert again, we had our next regeneration into the next Doctor, played by Shuri Nagawa. However, things went a little different this time. It wasn't a normal regeneration. It is what they called a bi-regeneration, where the new Doctor split out from the old Doctor, leaving David the Tenet as the Doctor as well. He is staying on Earth with Donna, trying to kind of just find himself again, while taking over in the Doctor Who show, is shooting Nagawa playing the 15th Doctor. Now, the rumors are that Disney Plus wants to do some specials with David Tennant and Catherine Tate as their characters. It's an interesting direction for Doctor Who. It's a new direction. I'm excited, Kevin. You know, I am i haven't watched these yet, but I'm intrigued by them, and I love that Donna's back. She was one of my favorite... Okay, Just so you know, I was kind, I'm kind of a casual Doctor Who. I didn't watch the Capaldi's and... Uh, but I did. I did watch a good chunk of the the new Who. I guess is that what they call it? Yeah. Okay. New Who. And uh, the you know the David Tennant and the um um the sorry, help me out here. Uh, Matt Smith. Matt Smith and um the first guy that I like. What's his name? Eccleston. Eccleston, yeah, uh, I love those, and I did enjoy that. That was a lot of fun, and uh, I'm. I think Disney knows the power of the who, especially when you bring back fan favorite um, actors that played them. Yeah, these were very, these were very enjoyable. They're on Disney plus, which is the worldwide distributor for Dr. Who, except for in the UK where everything's on the BBC, but definitely check these out. They're a lot of fun. It's a good jumping on point for Dr. Who. And I'm very curious because they have one more special this Christmas, which is the first full episode with the new 15th doctor shooting Nagawa. So it's going to be very interesting to see what they do there. But Next, Kevin, is a movie. I'm going to give my voice a rest because I want you to talk about this because you suggested that I watch this movie. Yes, and to quote Kyle, um, I want that two and a half hours back. <laughs> so I'll let Kyle uh, give his opinion on it, but uh, I actually really enjoyed this film. It's uh, based, of course, on the book itself, hit Netflix on December 8th, and that is Leave the World Behind, starring Julia Roberts, Mahersha Ali, Ethan Hawke, uh, Mahala, and also um, uh, Kevin Bacon is in it as well. And uh, I, I remember hearing about it. And then my wife sent me a text saying, you need to see, you need to see this film because it proves that you were right. I'm like, what, what? She saw, she saw it before me. And so I'm watching this film and ba basically it is what happens when, um, well, um, I guess you could say full anarchy in the United States happens, but you don't know that because these people are on a vacation outside of New York and then stuff starts to happen. Wi-Fi goes out, weird animals start showing up 
and uh, it becomes a, oh my God, what's happening to our world? Um, what, what's going on? And they start kind of talking about signs of things that was happening in social media, as well as the political climate. And um, I don't know, Kyle, should we get spoiler on this or do are we? Uh, definitely. I'm spoiler alert. If you're going to watch this, tune out for a few minutes. We're going to talk about the ending of this film because that's the important okay. part. So basically, Julia and her family uh, basically rent this house and um, they they're, you know, it, it's not like, you know, the tightest family, but they're out there. And then all of a sudden, the owners of the house come wanting to stay with them. And that's Mahersha Ali and his uh, daughter, because stuff starts to happen in New York. Things start to turn south bad. And uh, basically what happens is um, Earth is attacked by uh, kind of like think of like Red Dawn, but what would how they would do it now. Um, there's like sonic bombs and, and uh, um, you know, stuff that hurts technology and uh, conventional warfare that happens. Um, and so, it, you know, they start to realize this and there's a very haunting scene at the end where um, you see manhattan basically under siege and they are across the river uh at their house and um there's this little girl uh, who's the daughter who uh is wanting to watch the final episode of friends and uh she can't because her ipad doesn't work anymore and she just is fully in invested in the people of friends and uh they come she comes across this house at the end kyle that uh, as you watched was ready for a doomsday scenario. They had the bunker. Uh, they had everything ready downstairs, but no one was there because they probably got caught in the city and they're probably dead. And uh, she finds this bunker and she finds these DVDs, only DVDs and a DVD player. And she finds the set of friends, the full seasons, and she puts in the last episode and starts to watch it, thus ending the film. As we know that New York is going up in fire. So basically, it's a very haunting what-if type of situation. Uh, felt very realistic as if someone were to try to take over the United States, how they would do it, how they would create anarchy. Very scary situation here. Uh, kind of ties in a little bit to the trailer that we saw earlier uh, with the Civil War thing, but at it from a different perspective. What happens if Teslas have a mind of their own? Self-driving cars, other things. What happens when you see weird, when you see animals doing weird things because they can sense danger before you? Uh, Kyle, you weren't really impressed with this film. You didn't like it, right? It's a very slow film. It's a depressing film. And the characters are not characters you want to like. Yeah, you said they weren't likable. And I would agree with you that. Yeah. Yeah. However, I will say this. It is poignant to the world today. I think it's actually something you should at least watch one time. But Kevin, I'm going to argue you were right and you weren't but you weren't 100% right. Because the problem is is that yes, she found the bunker that was protected. But 99% of us out there don't have a bunker that's going to be shielded from an EMP pulse and all of our electronics are going to be completely fried. So whether you have streaming or a DVD player, your electronics is going to be shot and we're all going to be in the same boat together. Hey, hold on. That bunker looked pretty badass. They were ready for something. But uh, what my wife was referring to as my massive collection of physical media, like it's kind of taken over my life a little bit. And uh, I said, well, what happens when streaming goes down? What happens if there's a streaming wars and they, you know, you can't or your, you know, your um, your Internet goes down? Well, my Blu-rays and DVDs are still going to work. But what was funny was when I was watching that final scene, all of those uh, movies collections, by the way, were only DVDs, not Blu-rays. Yeah. And that was a DVD player that she played, not a Blu-ray. Because a lot of the Blu-rays are hooked up to the internet now nowadays because you know you have to update them or whatever. Because uh, some of the Blu-ray players, of course, hold apps, so you have to you know have them hooked up to the Wi-Fi. And all of those blue, all those DVDs look like they like they went to a town and went to all the thrift stores and grabbed all the DVDs. Cause those are movies that you would find at like, you know, secondhand shops, goodwill shops, thrift stores and stuff like that. But yes, us uh, physical media nerds. We were like, yeah, we're right. And that's what my wife was mm -hmm. referring to. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I, you, you brought up this movie, but I want to bring up another movie that gave me a little bit more joy, Kevin, the boy and the heron, the latest film and probably final film from the wonderful, Hayato Miyazaki. Um, 
He is retiring. He, this is a man who's considered maybe even a better animator than Walt Disney. And his films are phenomenal. I went and saw this film. This visually is an absolutely stunning film. But I'm going to be honest with you. It is one of his slower films. Um, visually, it's beautiful. If you know about the history of how Hayao Miyazaki grew up and things that he went through, you're going to appreciate this film. But if you're not familiar with that, you're going to find this film a little slow and a little boring. But at least you have these amazing visuals to keep you going with it. But I would say this is probably towards the lower half of his films just because of how slow it is. But if you're a fan of his, you need to see this in the theater. This is the kind of movie that you need to go see in the theater. See this absolutely beautiful hand-drawn animation on the big screen while you still can. Uh, he's his his movies have always obviously looked great, but they've obviously had good story and good uh, human connections in this with his characters. Yeah, and th this one continues that trend. I just don't. I just think it's one of the more slower stories he's told. So gotcha. I can see where people might find this a little bit. It could probably have been about twenty minutes shorter. It was just over two hours. Okay. So, but I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I would definitely recommend seeing it. So next up, I want to jump back onto Monarch Legacy of Monsters. Now, Kevin, are you watching this? I uh, have not. I, I started watching the first episode and then I realized I didn't have time. So I'm just going to do it. But I have not yet, Kyle. This has been a great addition to the monster verse that Legendary has created. They're building the world, creating some significant connective tissue. And both Kurt Russell and his son Wyatt are phenomenal in this show. And it's running, I think, 10 episodes. Episode 6 just came out. And what's great about it is Episode 6, it gives us the big guy. Godzilla shows up in Episode 6, and it looks like the rest of the series, it's going to be a wild ride. I highly recommend this series. Apple TV+, Plus. they might not make the outstanding super hyper buzz shows that we get, that we talk about. But they, every show they've done that I've watched has been absolutely solid and worth my time. And I would definitely recommend seeing this, Kevin. I When I started watching the first episode, there's a tie-in to Kong Skull Island, wasn't there? Correct. Yes. Yeah. Big, big one. Yeah, yeah. It, it The production looks pretty good. Would you say that that is one of the things about it you like? Oh, across the board, everything. Story, acting, characters. This is one of the best things TV-wise I've seen this year. Gotcha. I also want to talk about something that, Kevin, you saw a while ago that I finally got a chance to see. And it's a movie I, I saw it in wanted. the theater. I saw it in the theater. <laughs> this is one of those movies that I've tried multiple times to see, and something always comes up when I try to sit down and watch it. But Gran Turismo, based off the Corsi um, video game for Sony PlayStation and the contest they ran about 10 years ago where you could win a chance to become a real race car driver, and it's based off that true story. Kevin, this movie was phenomenal. This movie was a ton of fun and way better than it had any right to be. I completely agree with you. It is one of the most underrated films of the year. It was so much fun. It had heart, too. Good family drama. It wasn't just about the race cars, and uh, I absolutely loved it. Yeah, David Harbour was great in it, and I loved how they incorporated the video game elements into it without nailing you over the head with them. Yes. And also, too, just so you guys know a little trivia, the this is based on a real guy who won this contest and became a real race car driver and participated in over 200 uh, races. And he actually was the stunt driver for the actor that was playing him in the movie. Yeah. No, this was so good. I'll tell anybody, this is a must check out. It's going to surprise you. You're going to love it. Just trust us. We know what we're talking about here on Culture Clash. <laughs> Lastly, wrapping things up as far as reviews, Kevin, Gen V. I wasn't real sure about this show. I'm like, oh, here we go with the spinoffs for the boys. This show was freaking phenomenal. It fall, Of course, it has all the craziness that the boys would you would expect from anything related to the boys. But it's I love the younger cast. They're outstanding. The storyline is really good. I thoroughly enjoyed Gen V, Kevin. My wife did, too. I think she finished it. I watched the first episode. I enjoyed it. I'm going to wait a little bit closer to the boys premiering. Cause I want to kind of, cause it apparently it goes right up until the, and where it ends off to where the boys begin the new season. So I want to kind of do the whole like Gen V boys thing. Yeah, no, it, I think so, that's yeah. a good idea. If you haven't watched yet, yeah. hold off. And so we get a little closer to season four of the boys, 
but this show is outstanding and worth your time. Go see it. It's really well done. Yep. But Kevin, we do need to talk about some things that haven't come out yet this year. There's still a few very interesting things on the menu. So let's talk about some things that are coming. Okay, Kevin, the first one we're going to talk about, Aquaman 2, next Friday, Lost Kingdom. Are we excited? Are we interested? Are we trepidatious? What are we on this? Because this is an interesting film as far as just where it's falling and how things, the world around it. DC is a mess. Um, James Gunn is trying to fix that. Until he does, we'll wait and see. But I like Jason Momoa. And I do plan on seeing this just because it's Jason Momoa. I like him as Aquaman. Kind of curious to see, uh, you know, where this is going to go and what's it going to do. Uh, I'm. It's probably going to be a one and done for me, I, unless it completely surprises me. But I do want to see it in the movie. Oh yeah, this is definitely a movie theater film. The 3D. I'm actually going to try to see it in IMAX 3D because they're raving about the 3D on it. It's Momoa's Aquaman. We know that's going to be fun. We know there's going to be fun moments in it. There's going to be some great lines. I'm going in as it's going to be what it's going to be. It's probably his last run as Aquaman. So we might as well enjoy it. It is what it is. I'm not going in with any expectations other than, hey, it's a superhero movie. Let's see what they do with it. Yeah. So, but something else I'm very happy is back. In fact, the first three episodes are available on Amazon as we speak. Reacher's back, Kevin. Finally, we've been waiting for this. I just finished marathoning the first three episodes, and boy, is this show good, man. Uh, Alan Richardson, is that what his name is? Richens? Yeah. Richardson? Richmond. 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 I think so. Richardson. Anyway, uh, he is wonderful as Jack Reacher, and his co stars are great. And uh, I love how, I love where this story is going because it goes, it takes a little uh, step back in time when he had his. Uh, investigation group in the military happening and doing things and um former members of his group are being killed and uh he and his surviving members are being targeted and i absolutely love this series my dad's really excited and i'll tell you right now he's in the other room he's starting to watch it right now <laughs> you know kevin i really don't care who sarah connor is by the way <laughs> i was gonna ask you about that you got to watch to know. We don't want to spoil it right now. Yeah, no, we're not going <laughs> to spoil this show for you. It is phenomenal. I love the cast. I love the fact that you're kind of getting into a little bit more of Reacher's backstory. He puts every American male to shame, Kevin, when he goes shirtless, though. I'm just going to uh, say it. Yeah, yeah, he does. And by the way, speaking of this, Kyle, um, speaking of earlier, the um, um, Michael Rosenbaum uh, inside, inside of me. Inside of you? No, inside, inside of, of you. you. Yeah, yeah, inside, inside of, of you. you. Sorry. Uh, so... Alan was on the show last time talking about um, the first season of, of Reacher, and he was very forthcoming about the issues he's had uh, dealing with um, bipolar. And he came back uh, and talked and did a wonderful interview being completely open about that and also about um, you know the challenges that this show is putting on his body and how he has to uh, regulate his weight and how he talks about that. And he is very, very, very forthcoming about, um, you know, just his mental um, talk, talking about his struggles with, with, you know, uh, mental issues and stuff like that. And, 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 you know, he goes more into it, but I love how supportive he is of people that are willing to talk about it. He's willing to talk about it with other people. And Michael was great with him. And you could tell uh, that it was it was really wonderful. And and Alan says that whenever fans come up to him, they talk about that particular podcast a lot because of how Alan was open about everything. And, um, you know, just helping people that uh, that need help when it comes to uh having orders like disorders like that. And uh, I, I highly recommend listening to that podcast is really, really good. Yeah. Um, I just want to recommend that podcast because not only with that episode, but Rosenbaum does a very good job of letting people feeling comfortable with him and letting them tell these stories. And he's, he does a phenomenal with it. There was an episode he had with Stephen Amell where literally Amell had a panic attack in the middle of the show and they had to stop the show. And Amell came back like a week later for another episode and it talked all about it. And he just, yeah. he really gets these 
interviews to open up and really talk about a lot of things that they wouldn't talk about normally. And it's an yeah, outstanding podcast. Check it out. Yeah. Mental illness was one of the things that uh, uh, he talked about and how he and his wife have been working it out. And um, he's very, very proud to talk about with anyone that needs help. It's great. Yep. And by the way, bye, Chris. Thank you so much for uh, tuning in. Appreciate you. Up next, Kevin, something I'm very, very intrigued by. Zack Snyder's Rebel Moon Part 1, A Child of Fire. Yeah, so um, this is Zack Snyder's kind of um, stab at a possible Star Wars movie that didn't happen, well, right? The, the the rumor is that he wrote this as a Star Wars movie. Lucasfilm saw it and rejected it. Okay, gotcha. Well, uh, visually, it looks fantastic. I've seen the trailer. It looks awesome. And as of this date of this recording, December uh, 15th, 2023, it is in a limited theatrical release because it's releasing next week, December 22nd. But it's premiering on Thursday night, the 21st, at like 7 o'clock Pacific time, 10 o'clock Eastern, of course. So make sure uh, if you want to, you know, early peek at it, check it out. But what's interesting, he's actually in Hollywood right now as we're recording this. He's going to be uh, introducing the film to a sold out crowd uh, at one of the theaters down there for the, I think, the 6 or 7 o'clock showing tonight. And then he's going to come back for the 1030 showing. And I was looking at tickets down there and they're selling out. So people are interested in seeing this. Because they're showing it in full 70 millimeter IMAX at one of the theaters. Because he shot it for that that style. Which uh, makes me kind of bummed because I can't get down there right now. And we don't have an IMAX theater around here. I would love to have seen this in IMAX. Yeah, I would have too. Um, I'm excited for this. I'm very intrigued by this. Say what you will about Zack Snyder. He, the man always delivers visually. Oh, let's see what he does storyline here, but I'm I'm excited to see what he does with this. And the costumes and makeup look really good in this, dude. I'm yeah, they really that. do. I, so, and I like the cast. So, let's see what's going to happen here. Next up, Kevin. Um, Disney's Percy Jackson's and the Olympians, and this show is already getting a lot of positive buzz. People are really liking what they've seen of it, as far as like early press releases and things like that. Were you a fan of the Percy Jackson films? Yeah, I did. I remember going with my daughter Camille to, to see one of them anyway. I did. I enjoyed them. I, I, I think I liked the first one better than the second one, but I did. Yeah, I would agree them. with you there. Yeah. But yeah. I, I, I wasn't familiar with the books and stuff. I knew they were based on books, but uh, I liked the visuals. I liked the characters. Uh, it was it was neat. So I'm I'm curious in the series. Yeah, this show is getting a lot of positive buzz. It's coming up on Disney Plus. I'm definitely going to be checking it out. And lastly, Kevin, you got to get a little Marvel in there. What if season two is going to hit over the holidays as well? I'm interested in this. I enjoyed season one of what if for what it was. I'm curious to see the stories they're going to have for this and what they're going to do. And just sit back and watch some Marvel. That's really, you know, it, you can just watch it and go for the ride. Yeah. Uh, they're dropping it all at once, right? I think if they're breaking it up, it's over going to come out over like a four day span. Okay, all right. Uh, I'll definitely check it out because I'm kind of curious. Uh, some of the other ones were kind of hit or miss with me, but it is uh, Marvel, and I'm a little curious about it. I'm not excited like I would probably have been at another time in our lives because uh, Marvel's been kind of struggling lately, but uh, I did enjoy the Marvels a lot, so I am uh, curious to see what the what-if was. So, um, yeah. But there were some there's there's a few good episodes of that season one. Yeah, there, there was. Kevin, is there anything else coming out this year that – before the year is out that you're got on your list to check out. Uh, there's the Mark Wahlberg family plan movie that just dropped came out today. Came it out came today. out today uh, where he plays a former assassin. His family find out when he gets hunted and stuff, uh, um, which is not an original story, but it sounds like a fun movie. Uh, so I'm curious about that. Um, I did watch the, um, the Christmas movie. I think it came out on Netflix called, uh, family switch up or something. It's it's basically the Freaky Friday with Jennifer Garner and her family, where the kids take over the parents and the parents take over the kids, and uh, it's just basically a, a new a new version of Freaky Friday. And I found it fun. It was it was very cool. Ed Helms, I think it was Ed Helms, Ed Helms that played the father. I think if I remember correctly. But uh, Jennifer Garner was was great and it was funny and had its moments. Well, you can never go wrong with Ed Helms either. So I'll have to check that out. But Mr. Reitzel, if you would, my voice is really starting to go on me. Would you care to do a little bit of close us out for this episode? <laughs> you got it, brother. Okay, guys. So 
First of all, this has been uh, Culture Clash uh, 141, and uh, we've been doing a little pop culture catch-up here. And um, it's it's always an interesting time, Kyle, during this part of the year because we get the, the holiday stuff coming in. I've already started my holiday uh, Christmas movie watch. I've been watching stuff I haven't seen. A lot of it might be kind of in the you know Hallmarky era as well. Halloween Charbet in your future. Uh, yes, I, I yeah, definitely. I I, I want to watch the Christmas at Castle Heart, which I've never seen. I got to watch that as well. Uh, but I've been watching like I been, I had to watch Scrooge. I watched that, and uh, I also want to watch um, uh, Family Man with uh, Nick Cage. I haven't seen that in a while. So yeah, it's it's that time of the year. Are you going to watch a Christmas movie at all? This, you know. You oh know yeah, this week I'll really dive into my Christmas movies. I think there'll be a little Love Actually. There'll be Scrooge. There'll be It's a Wonderful Life. Be elf, Kevin. Yes. Uh, by the way, you just said love actually. I watched that last night and I had to watch it because of my recent trip to uh England with my wife, and it was nice to see some of the stuff that was there. Uh, by the way, real quick, so if you think about all the Christmas films that either are mentioned in Christmas that Alan Rickman has been in, of course, you know, he's in Love Actually, he is in Die Hard, he was also in Robin Hood Prince of Thieves where he said that he would cancel, cancel Christmas. Christmas. Yeah. So if you think about it, and if you know his role in Love Actually, he's been a villain in three Christmas movies. <laughs> he's so good at it. <laughs> anyway, yes, as Kyle was alluding to, next week, of course, please join us for Elf uh, Couch Potato Theater Live. We're really, really excited for that. Uh, hey guys, Facebook user. I don't know who you are. If you can just say your name, because when you're in Facebook, uh, it doesn't pop up on the YouTube there, but, um, I'm going to hopefully uh, see who you are. Cause I like to give you some props here, but make sure you join us next week at this time for elf. We're really excited about that. Uh, it is a fun family film and we're going to get into that. So Kyle, are you excited for elf? You're going to rewatch it soon. Santa, Santa. <laughs> Save your voice. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I gotta have it. I gotta have it much sooner than Elf. So, <laughs> this is the Fandom Podcast Network YouTube channel. If you are listening to this, uh, make sure you check us out and subscribe. Please share too. Give us some likes. Do some comments. Even after we stop the live, we'd appreciate that. Um, make sure you check us out and all of our uh, um, uh, wonderful shows that are dropping on this. Where Kyle, where can we find you on the Fandom Podcast Network? You can find me on X aka Twitter at removing ectoplasm. <laughs> uh, really, you can find me you. find me on that at a Kyle W. You can find me on Instagram and Threads at a Kyle Fandom, and of course, you can find me all over the Fandom Podcast Network Facebook group as well. Awesome, awesome. My name is Kevin Reitzel. You can find me on uh, Twitter, which is now X, Instagram, and Threads at Spartan underscore Phoenix, and of course, you can uh, if you want to, you know. Email us. You can do that as well at fandompodcastnetwork at gmail.com. Our master feed for all of our audio podcasts are fpnet.podbean.com. And uh, like I said, please subscribe to the YouTube channel. We could use some more love there. We appreciate that. And uh, Fandom Podcast Network is also on Twitter slash X and Instagram as well. Uh, Kyle, I hope your voice feels better. Take care of it. Uh, get some bed rest. Appreciate you. Thank you everyone for watching. And, uh, thank you guys for joining in the chat. We very much appreciate it. We will see you next week for elf live on the fandom podcast network. And on behalf of, uh, my co-host Kyle, um, first of all, happy holidays. We'll talk more about that next week. We'll see you guys next time. Feel better, Kyle. Yep. And as always respect each other. And enjoy your fandom culture clash. We are out because we got to go wrap Christmas presents.